This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. This is Jimmy Scroggins broadcasting from our studio high atop the office tower at Family Church, downtown West Palm Beach here, as always, with my co-host, Leslie Bennett, Dr. Mark Warnock, who serves with the North American Mission Board and Family Church, church-based church planting catalyst. Also, mm-hmm. Pastor Winter Omen, who wears a number of hats around here because he's a multi-talented individual, but Pastor Winter serves as one of the pastors at our village campus here at Family Church. So welcome, Mark, Winter, and Leslie. Yeah, great to be here, Pastor Jimmy. So we're basically starting a new season today. Um, We're calling it Church Reimagined because we've all been through something in the past year or so, literally coming up on a year. This is February 26th, and we shut our campuses or closed our physical campuses on March 15th of 2020. So it's been about a year that we've been walking this journey. And we wanted to re-look back at some of the things we talked about a lot at Family Church, Pastor Jimmy, um, when we first started the podcast, which was about five years ago now, four years ago now, uh, we talked about how we made a conscious decision to abandon the regional megachurch model and embrace a network of neighborhood churches. So we're reimagining that topic and we're calling it Large Gatherings Are Out and Neighborhood Church Is In. Yeah, and if you happen to have a church that has large gatherings, we're not trying to throw shade on you, that's for sure. And uh, large is definitely a relative term. And so that's really not our point. Our point is that for Family Church, we decided a number of years ago that we could have more impact by having a neighborhood pastor in a neighborhood church in a neighborhood building that spoke the neighborhood language. And so we've been trying to multiply neighborhood churches in our region for the last 12 years. And now it feels like with the pandemic, that sort of uh, approach seems even more necessary and appropriate because mm-hmm. everybody is having smaller gatherings yeah. than they used to. And Mark, you have read some about this and spoken some about this. Talk to us about why that is. Why at this cultural moment, in addition to the pandemic, mm-hmm. why at this cultural moment is it that it feels like maybe larger gatherings are going to be out and smaller gatherings are going to be in? Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, Pastor Jimmy, you're a, you're a football fan. Yes. And uh, when you go to a football game and there's tens of thousands of people crowded yep. in that stadium, there's all that energy and people love that. Uh, I love going to concerts, things like that. But because of COVID, we just haven't been able to do that. They've got cardboard cutouts at the right. Super Bowl and, um, and that kind of thing. And the, I think part of the reason we like that is there's an energy when you get that many pack, people packed in and focused on one thing. Yes. I was thinking about some highlights of my own spiritual experience. I went to the second Passion Conference back in 1998, and I still remember it. There's there's this electric energy when you get all these people together. And I think a lot of times what we've done on our Sunday morning large gatherings of the local church thing is we're aspiring to emulate that as best we could. I was even thinking back to growing up, going to church in the 70s, and the aspiration they had was to be like a Billy Graham crusade, complete with multiple verses of just as I am rolling through at the the end to get people to come forward, the buses will wait. But as I think through my own pilgrimage, I know the most impactful things for me spiritually happen in more intimate environments. 
Brad Briscoe uh, also works for the North American Mission Board, and he did a little article a few months ago talking about some research on different sizes of spaces. And he said that public space is basically 70 people or more. And in your, when you're in that kind of context, information, basically, it's a one-way thing. It's not interactive at all. You have more of a social space, which is like 20 to 50 people. That's the New Testament oikos, right? Where there's availability and interaction, that kind of thing. Then you have personal space, which is like 8 to 12. It's kind of like your small group environment where you can be known and you can belong. And then there's intimate space, which is 2 to 4 people, which is like the most impactful. Think about the ministry of Jesus. He spent a lot of time with the three and then the 12. He did some large gatherings. Obviously, you know, you have... uh, Sermon on the Mount, Feeding on the 5,000, things like that. I think this is an opportunity for the church to discover the power of those smaller smaller gatherings. And uh, it's a whole lot easier to do in a neighborhood church. Yeah. And so I think that's true. And we even know, for instance, like indoor malls are not a thing anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Most indoor malls that many of us know are in decline. Mm -hmm. Even the best ones in the best neighborhoods are not having the kind of success they used to have. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the time now they're building more boutique spaces, outdoor gatherings. Those are much more popular now. And I think that says something about what's happening culturally. And that has nothing to do with COVID. Yeah, that's right. Right. But now we have COVID. I wonder, Mark, if you think that COVID has accelerated this cultural trend. I think that's an easy yes. Part of the cultural trend that's happening is like I'm thinking about the boutique shop. You have digital engagement now. Right. People are doing their shopping online. And when they go into the store, they're going in for a really specific purpose. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they can do just on an individual thing. All of that is customized to them. Mm-hmm. Like even the things that they're seeing in their social media feeds or the emails that those stores are sending to them are super custom. And so rather than the big one size fits all, one gathering solves all you're seeing this trend toward customization and personalization too. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm wondering when are, you know, when you think about what it feels like in our culture right now, it's actually hard for me to envision everyone packing the fairgrounds for a 20,000 person <laughs> sweaty, holding your hands in the air, take your shirt off uh, concert. Yeah. Can, can you even imagine that that could even happen right now? Even just talking about in our context now that if uh, if people are going to go out to anything that has, say, 70 plus people, then it has to be worth the risk. And for us as a as a church, um, you know, we've we've been saying, right, uh, the safest place to have churches online, you know, at, at family church at home. But the best way to worship, mm-hmm. you know, is in in person at our family church uh, gatherings and um, at our different campuses. And I think that is because one, just if, if you think even biblically, there's there's this um, command really even in Hebrews to say, hey, let's gather, let's mm-hmm. gather together. Mm-hmm. And so we as a church, if we're going to gather together, then it needs to have a feel that makes people say this is worth coming back. And I think at particularly at our campus, um, those who have come back have said, yes, we really miss this. Of course, we are doing it slightly. I wouldn't say slightly, uh, drastically different than we were (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, prior to COVID. But people are realizing that this is important. This is something that is um, as, as a believer, as a Christian, as a disciple, as a learner of Jesus, that this is something that is worth any 
potential risks that there might be. Now, of course, we're taking all the precautions. Trying to mitigate. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're trying to um, mm-hmm. make sure that um, that uh, it is a safe environment. But I think people are really starting to see that, yeah, this is important. You, you know, I love uh, – Mark's brought up I love sporting events. I love football games. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking um, right now it's uh, golf season. So mm-hmm. kind of like the PGA events are starting – and just watching PGA events with no fans is no fun. Wow. <laughs> because the fun of watching on Sunday afternoon uh, a PGA golf event on television is to get down to the last holes and every shot matters mm-hmm. and every putt matters. And what makes it fun is the crowd is yeah. packed. There are people squatting down and leaning over. They are packed around this green, yeah. seeing if these guys make They're these putts. In. And when they putt that long one in and the whole crowd, yeah, right. All right, without that, it's a guy trying to lock a little ball into a hole with a stick. It's like putt-putt. It's just not fun. It's exactly. It's like, yeah. And so even though they're really good at it, it's yeah. not fun. Yeah. Even though we're saying large gatherings are out, large is a relative term. I think it's part of a human dynamic that's maybe hardwired into us by God himself that we are conditioned to experience certain things in groups. Mm -hmm. And you see it in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. You know, when Ezra opens the scroll and and reads it, boy, Mm -hmm. the whole group explodes. Mm -hmm. Even the angels, when they show up to announce the birth of Jesus, it wasn't Mm -hmm. one angel in the sky with the shepherds. It was a heavenly host Mm -hmm. because there's something powerful about the gathering. And even if it's a gathering of 20 or gathering of 100 or gathering of 10,000, and yet here we are. So now, Winter, I wonder, since if we're seeing large gatherings, we're kind of moving away from that. And I do I do think it's going to be some time. I mean, I know Dr. Fauci said we're going to have to wear mass and distance through 2022. 2022. I have my doubts about my willingness to participate. But <laughs> but still, what's it going to, you know, think about the golf tournament. When's the next time people are going to literally gather hunched over, cheek to cheek, jaw to jaw, shoulder to shoulder with total strangers? At a golf tournament, I don't know. We we may have been literally, we may have ended that possibility for, I, I don't I don't know. And but, tell me about what that means for neighborhood church. So when we say we we're, we're not going with the mega church approach, we're going to go to a neighborhood church. What do we mean by that, Winter? And I ask you because Family Church Village kind of epitomizes this. I think. Yeah, by God's grace and our great leaders, uh, we have been kind of positioned to do this well because of the fact that we've already kind of abandoned the regional megachurch model and gone to the neighborhood church model. And so for us, I think as a neighborhood church and thinking at, at about Village in particular, we, we've we kind of decided that we are going to put really that neighborhood and neighborhood in neighborhood yeah. church, you know, and really be a, a church for, for the neighborhood. Now for us, that looks like, for instance, and we've talked about this before, right? Uh, the performance engine, selectively abandoning the past and the mm-hmm. research and development. For us in the performance engine portion, we have to look at, okay, what makes, in my context, Family Church Village the place that people want to be? Mm-hmm. And for us, really, it's not the big music. It's not the, uh, you know, the, the the big lights and all that. It's that neighborhood feel. And so we're, we're trying to see how we can have as much of a neighborhood feel as possible. So um, even on Sunday, which we're, we're right now going through the book of Acts, and we just happen to be going through Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 last Sunday, mm-hmm. and talking about what that church uh, looked like, the early church. And for us, we were saying, okay, well, we need to, in this season where we're not as big as we used to be, how about we take this as an opportunity to grow really deep? Let's grow really, really deep 
as we are, you know, looking to grow wide in the in the near future. And so we're um, right now we're doing a lot of small groups on campus um, because we're one service instead of the two that we normally were. And so we're doing small groups on on campus and. Man, I think of just like, for instance, in our young adults, between our online young adult group and our in-person young adult, we've had the most young adults in groups ever. Wow. And, and I, I didn't even know that until yeah. right now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that because what you guys are doing at Village, so like uh, we call it Family Church Village because it's on Village Boulevard. Boulevard yeah. And in West Palm Beach, the corridor of Village Boulevard, it's not geographically very far removed from some other campuses, but you know, the way the roads run. It's unique. And so there's this whole line of condominiums and apartments that Mm -hmm. goes for about three miles. Mm -hmm. And it's just thousands and thousands of people. And it tends to be people who are starting out, who are moving into the community. It's young couples. I think, Leslie, did you guys used to live? We did. So, yeah, whenever I think about Village Boulevard, I think it's where you go when you first move to this area Mm -hmm. because it's so centrally located. And, yeah, it's a lot of young couples, a lot of young people, young adults, um, young professionals just starting out. It's a great place to live because it's right near I-95. It's close to you can get, you know, to all these different places. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, Winter, about the vision that you cast for Family Church Village on this past Sunday as we talked about replanting. So what are some specific things that you're doing to replant your neighborhood church? Yeah. So um, one of those things is, of course, like we said, um, growing, growing deep. Mm-hmm. Um, another another thing that we're looking at right now is um, how do we as um, as a church, how do we find opportunities in our in our neighborhoods to reach out to people who are part of the, the neighborhood? Well, I think part of what we have to do is we're trying to figure this out. We recognize just people in our neighborhood that are hurting, recognize people who are feeling excluded, people who don't feel welcomed or invited in. And one of the things that we love about our village church is that there's tremendous diversity, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of age, in terms of ethnicity, in terms of gender, but in terms of perspective and background. And you guys, the village campus has the most diversity Mm -hmm. of any campus that we have. And um, by diversity, I don't just mean like uh, more people who are not Anglo. I mean the most diversity, mm-hmm. people from different backgrounds. I wonder if you'd speak to that winner. Yeah. So, um, again, that that's that neighborhood is full of people of, of dive, just diverse backgrounds. A lot of people from um, the Caribbean diaspora. Uh, we have a significant number of, of, of people from different um, Asian backgrounds and things like that. And so we really do try to, as much as we can, uh, exhibit some of that, some of that culture, um, even with uh, certain songs that we'll sing and things like that. We'll, we'll add different languages. Even when I'm uh, preaching, sometimes I'll, I'll make sure to use different references from different cultures. By the way, Winner is a linguist. Yeah, like he no, no. is a literal linguist. He has a master's degree. Like Winner is a how many languages do you speak, Winner? Um, I'll be shy. <laughs> like four or five. A lot. Yeah, yeah, and and you could get by and some others. So like yeah. this guy, and so that's why it's really neat that God's raised you and put you and your wife Sarah there because you do have a really neat ability to bridge mm-hmm. some people together, and we see it happening. I think a lot of the young adult kind of momentum we have is a result of you and Sarah 
being able to being able to mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Marcus, we think about that. You too are a part of a neighborhood church. You've been kind yeah. of an interim yeah. pastor for the last several months at a church in uh, Martin County, yeah. uh, North Stewart, that we're yeah. revitalizing and replanting as well. Yeah, and uh, it's been it's been a challenge. We've moved over into the fellowship hall for our gatherings, and we spaced out all the chairs, yeah. and we get a lot of older folks, and so yeah. there's a lot of concern about yeah. about that. Uh, still, a number of people who are committed to the church haven't been back. But um, some of the things we're trying to do is we're trying to press into community building as as much as we can. So we've restarted some small groups. Uh, We've got a very high percentage of our people who are participating in that. I think they're hungry for it. I'm very excited. This Sunday, we're doing our first baptism since we got going up there. All right. Young man, uh, a great story, but uh, he uh, he's come to faith and connected with our church, him and his wife. And uh, so he's ready to be baptized. So we're going to the beach and we're going to have a picnic and invite everybody to bring their stuff. And then we're going to go down and baptize them. So it's outside so we can do it. It's that picnic sort of family environment. We're trying to, we're trying to build and lean into that relationship development right now because we can't do the, you know, the big, exciting, sparkly Sunday morning, right? We're still taking the approach on Sunday morning of sort of our chapel service model, mm-hmm. just a piano and one singer. And, you know, so there's nothing flashy about it, but it does feel like family. Yeah. And it's that relational connection that I think that's the thing. If we can't give them like the big electric stadium show with all the feels of that, well, then let's Let's pull them into the dinner table, yeah. right, and give them that feel. Which is really our goal. I mean, we've talked about that. So our what we're going for as our network of neighborhood churches it is, is family, family church, dinner. Right? Yeah. And so it's just interesting to me that you know the the culture where the culture's been mm-hmm. already, which is more boutique, you know, smaller, more localized, accelerated by COVID. So now we can't necessarily do as many large gatherings. And we can create this environment, which is very family oriented, which I mean, you did that. I know Village did that as well. You guys had your first cookout since COVID mm-hmm. and figured out a way to do that. And I, I think I think I heard, you know, a high percentage of the people who came stayed for the fellowship and the food. Mm-hmm. And you guys had a really sweet time gathering together mm-hmm. as a family. Yeah, we sure did. And um that was good because uh, Village, we love doing cookouts. We uh, we love doing... <laughs> They're like, that's a campus with the food, man. Yeah, we love doing cookouts. Uh, we always uh, try to do like two to three block parties that's every great. year. And so, and which uh, people from the neighborhood will come and things like that. And so we love doing that. And so um, not having been able to do that for uh, almost about a year was kind of difficult for us, but uh, got creative. You know, you try to prepackage as much as you can mm-hmm. and um, got some guys on the grill and everyone stayed. I don't know if it was just because they were really hungry after yeah. the rally <laughs> or if, That's so I, but people really liked being able to lean into each other and actually um, have some conversations outside of um, even the groups and the and the Sunday service. And mm-hmm. so um, that is one of the things that we're going to try to do. I think in a, about a month or so, we're going to try to do another cookout mm-hmm. and um, and really explore that. So that's part of our R&D right now. I can guarantee you that fun's not going to go out of style. <laughs> I can guarantee you that connection is not going to go out of style. I can guarantee you that food is not going yeah. to go out of style. Yeah. And one of the things that, that Jesus did for us so powerfully is the ordinances. And so, Mark, you're describing celebrating the ordinances. Yeah. And, you know, I remember, uh, like you did, I, I've been a part of mega churches and where we did 
you know, 20 baptisms on a Sunday night, but you were sitting in a multi-thousand seat auditorium mm-hmm. and the baptism was way up there yeah. and they kind of, and I don't know the people, I don't know the people baptizing or the people getting baptized and you kind of, okay. But man, it's something awesome about going to the beach mm-hmm. with your friends. Or if you don't know them, I'm going to, I'm going to meet them before the night's over. Yeah. And you actually know the people baptizing, you know, the people getting baptized, you're sharing a meal together. There's something powerful about that. And even the Lord's Supper, even though we're using prepacks and all that stuff, still, mm-hmm. and getting to be in a more intimate setting, there's you something know, good about that. Jimmy, I think uh, I think people are even hungrier for that now yeah. because we've all been stuck by Isolated. ourselves, at our homes, on Zoom meetings or whatever. And so, you know, not only do we have biblical precedent for it, but I think people are screaming out for that kind of family connection right now because of COVID. Well, if we had to say one thing to our listeners, as you're listening to this and you're thinking about, okay, how do I make the most out of the church that I have, the people that I have gathering right now, the opportunity that I have, and it's all different around the country. It's culturally different. Your situation is different than ours. I wonder, uh, Winner, Mark, Leslie, if you guys would give some parting advice to anybody listening saying, man, I want to maximize the opportunity I do have with my church family. We'll start with you, Winner. Yeah, I would say uh, find out what it is that um, your church does uh, really well. Like, um, what is that that thing that your people love about your church and kind of uh, pursue that and reimagine that, mm. you know, um, it may not look like, of course, it's not going to look like what it looked like in 2019, but find those things for us. For example, it was that, that small neighborhood feel. That's what people love about our church. Like they feel like they're not in this huge, this huge church. They feel like even if there's three or 400 people in the room that, that we're, that there's somehow a one-on-one connection. Mm-hmm. And so we're exploring that. And so find that for your church and, and explore it and reimagine it and see how God can use that. How about you, Mark? I would say uh, just press into more intimate environments. You know, I think about, you know, my own pilgrimage, the most impactful thing that ever happened to me was spending time with a one-on-one disciple maker yeah. who, I mean, really shaped me. And there's great power in doing that. And so I think in small groups, in intimate prayer groups, that kind of thing. Now is the time for that. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably stealing this a little bit from you, Pastor Jimmy, but just the importance of celebrating the one like you just talked about. So, you know, there's you you have baptized all these people, but then you just have this one person that you have a neighborhood connection with. And you're going to take that person and whoever wants to come from your church and you're going to go to the beach and they're going to celebrate this new life change. And even though it's not, you know, 20 people or 40 people or 50 people, it's this one person. And it's still so important and so worth Mm -hmm. celebrating and not to compare. You know, we've talked about that here at Family Church. Like, let's not go and compare to what was. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just think about what is now and what do we have to celebrate? What is God doing? And like Winter said, we just keep pressing into those things and celebrating them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Thank you guys for joining us today on the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Winter, Mark, Leslie, always a joy to be together in this endeavor. But if you're listening We believe that God wants you to do the best you can with the resources you have at your church right now. And so I would encourage you not to despair, not to grow discouraged by thinking about what should have been or could have been or what you wish would be happening. But what is God doing right now? And how can you get in on what God's doing and advance and accelerate the kingdom work that is possible right now? At the end of the day, we have a powerful God with a gospel that really changes lives. We have plenty of people around that have needs for us to meet 
and plenty of people that need to hear the message of Jesus and be changed by it. So let's not despair. Let's not go in the fetal position. Let's do the best we can with the ministry that God's given us. And let's believe that God actually knows what he's doing because he's let us lead in this moment right now. If there's any way we can help you, contact us on social media, reach out to us through our website. We'd love to hear from you and what you are learning. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, Mark Warnock, Winter Omen, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are Church for the Rest of Us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel. Thank you.